are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres, the final regular season preview slash recap episode of the season because the Padres will be entering their final regular season series of the year. It's been a tough last go of it, and it didn't get any better for the San Diego Padres as they were just swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy, as always. Another rough series, Bobby. No other way to put it. And, um, and that second loss in the series would have been a lot more painful had the Padres obviously still been in the playoff race. That would have been one of their worst losses of the season. It still was. But I know that the mood in the dugout was probably pretty much dead for the, for most of the series, considering that we're already that the Padres have already been eliminated. But just another tough series, and the Dodgers swept us once again. Yeah. I was so shocked when that happened on Wednesday. I just couldn't believe what I was watching and really tough because Potter's right there for two of the games with Bueller and Scherzer on the mound. This team very clearly had what it takes to make the playoffs this year, but it just fell apart in the second half of the season. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever let this down. There's obviously going to have to be some, uh, some big Potter success in order for that to happen. But game number one, Padres lost two to one. They only scored in the ninth inning on a Jake Cronenworth home run off Blake Trinan. But you Darvish got the start and he pitched fine. Uh, he wasn't efficient at all. Uh, only went four innings. He walked four guys. We did strike out six, allowed two earned runs. In the first inning, uh, Mookie Betts got a double down the line that somehow stayed fair. And then Trey Turner had a double in the gap. Limited the damage there, though. And then in the third inning, they kind of manufactured a run, uh, but we're very fortunate to only get one run in that inning. And then the bullpen was lights out. Reese Kinnair came in and looked pretty good. Two innings, one hit, did walk three guys, but he struck out three. Then Javi Guerra came in. He, he walked a guy, but he faced three guys. He didn't get hit hard, which is what we've seen a lot from Javi Guerra. Then Ross Detweiler came in and finished out the game. Bullpen gave the Padres a chance to come in and win, but unfortunately, the offense couldn't do anything against Bueller, Kelly, and Trinan. Bueller went seven innings scoreless with the three hits. You know, they struck out five guys. He wasn't great, you know, 90 pitches, 59 strikes, but Padres just really haven't hit Bueller in that fastball at the top of the strike zone. It's been giving them a lot of troubles of late. What were your thoughts on game number one? And for game number one, I mean, you mentioned the Dodgers pitching. Obviously, Bueller was lights out in this game. Kelly and Trinan both looked phenomenal. Padres struck out nine times in this game, but of course, the offense was just cold. Only four hits in the entire game. Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado combined to go 0 for 8. Tatis really struggled in this game. He had three strikeouts as he went 0 for 4, but the pitching was really good. Like you said, the bullpen, Darvish pitched solid. Four walks, so he was not efficient at all. 85 pitches, pitches in four innings, but two runs is fine. And then Kinnair, Guerra, and Detweiler, even though they didn't pitch a lot of strikes altogether, they were able to go the last four innings shutout against the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that's a great performance from the Padres bullpen here. But just the lineup was really cold and couldn't get anything going. 
Yeah, this was basically a synopsis of how the second half is gone. Solid starting pitching, really good play from the bullpen, with the exception of how the last couple of weeks have unfolded because they've been incredibly taxed and the offense just didn't do anything. So very fitting loss here for the Padres. Only got four hits. Cronenworth, his home run was one of them. Eric Cosmer had two hits. He broke up the no-hitter with a chopper. And then Victor Caratini, who actually had a very good series. He got a hit. He also struck out twice, but a good series from Victor Caratini. He's trying to play himself in the not getting cut uh, over this offseason or traded. Game number two started off poorly. Ryan Weathers on the bump allows four runs in the first inning and then another run in the second inning. And you're sitting there like, well, facing Scherzer, this game's going to suck because Scherzer had killed the Padres in a Dodgers uniform. But the Padres, they battled. They put a run up on the board in the second inning when Victor Caratini had a home run. Like I mentioned, he had a good series. They only went 341 feet, but it's all you need at Dodger Stadium down the line. Then the third inning, Manny Machado hit a two-run home run. In the fourth inning, the Potters were able to drive in a couple of runs. Adam Frazier had a ground rule double, adding to his extra base hit total as a San Diego Padre. And then Will Myers hit a chopper, made Corey Seager make a play, and he didn't make it. Seager, we've seen, he's not the greatest defensive shortstop. Uh, and from time to time on those backhands, Seager doesn't make those plays. So he didn't there. And Myers had a triple to deep center in the sixth inning. They were able to chase Scherzer. You know what? Five and a third, 11 hits, six runs, five of them were earned. Only struck out four guys. Matt Scherzer's last two starts. Last one was at Coors. This one against the Padres have not been great. So for the Dodgers, he's not peaking at the right time. So uh, I think that'll be interesting going into the postseason. Scherzer's going to be fine, but you never know. Then the seventh inning, the Padres, they extended their lead. Tommy Pham had a nice weird little double that scored Manny and got Eric Hosmer to third. And then Trent Grisham drove in Hosmer and Pham to make the lead nine to six going into the bottom of the seventh. And you're sitting, sorry, nine to five. And you're sitting there like, all right, the Padres, uh, barring a bullpen collapse, they got this game. Daniel Hudson comes in and much like just about every outing he has had in a Padres uniform, he allows a run. Mookie Betts had a home run. And then Jace Tingler. Went to his guy in the eighth inning, Emilio Pagan, and it was horrible. Pagan only recorded one out. He allowed four hits. All four were extra base hits. Three of them were home runs, and he ended up taking the loss. Nabil Krismat allowed the game-winning home run to Corey Seager in that eighth inning, but Justin Turner, who hit the double off Emilio Pagan, was Pagan's runner, which ended up being the losing runner. Just a pitiful way to lose. The Potters' offense couldn't score in the last two frames. I just don't know how on earth they outhit the Dodgers. The Dodgers had two errors, and the Potters were able to find a way to lose this game. Yeah, and if there wasn't already enough reason to fire Jace Tingler after this game, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, more in a satirical way, but I would not have been surprised if they had just fired him right after the game. It, after Pagan absolutely got lit up, home run, home run, fly out, home run, double. That was just one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a relief pitcher in one game. And it was just just hard to watch. And if, like I said earlier, if the Padres were still in the playoffs, this loss would have hurt a lot more. But considering that they were eliminated, 
people could say this loss doesn't matter. It, I mean, it hurts the esteem of the team, hurts their confidence. And just for the last literally three or four games of the season, we'll just kill the vibe in the dugout. But it, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was great to see the Padres putting up numbers on the offense. Frazier, Machado, Hosmer, each had two hits. Myers had two hits off the bench. And then Caratini, great game, three for four, three runs and an RBI. That was one of the best games I've seen from him all season. But it was just an absolute collapse by Pagan and Chris Metalow in the home run to Corey Seager in the eighth inning. Do you think Emilio Pagan's a Padre next year? No. No, I do not. I don't either, which is wild. The Padres traded Logan Driscoll and Manuel Margot for Emilio Pagan, who has not been good for the senior Padres. It's hard to believe that he pitches in the most high leverage spots for the Padres. He's got a 4-9-1 ERA this year. 4-9-1. Obviously, it was hovering around a 3 for the first five months of the season, but September has just been a disaster for him. Uh, the Padres, they need to, they need to help him figure it out because it's been very tough to watch. And then the Padres, they drop the third and final game of the series, meaning that they cannot have a winning season in a full season for the first time since 2010. Padres are going to have to wait another year, suffer their 81st loss. The best they can do is go 81 and 81. And that's if they sweep the first place giants. And that would probably knock them off the division lead, which would be absolutely wild if that happens. But Padres lost this game eight to three. Once again, for the third straight game, Padres didn't score in the top of the first. Dodgers did. Vince Velasquez didn't have another good start. Went four and two thirds, four on runs, six hits. He did strike out seven, but he's just not good. And the Padres didn't really have any choice, but to to pick up any more arms because they were injured and they just weren't performing and they didn't have anyone to call up from the minor leagues because the player development has been very rough this year. But Padres did respond in the second inning. They tried to get back into it. Ha Sung Kim hit a home run. He's been swinging the bat a little bit better of late. Uh, in the fourth inning, two more home runs, Justin Turner, AJ Pollock. So the four runs were all home runs off of Velasquez. Then the fifth inning, Fran Tatis Jr. tried to get the Padres back in it. Hit the ball out of Dodger Stadium, 467 feet. Was crushed. Made it 4-3. Padres didn't score for the rest of the game. Dodgers responded in the sixth inning with three more runs to make it 7-3. And then Corey Seager hit another home run in the seventh inning. Padres' offense was silent all game. Only got five hits. Four of them were off Tony Gonsolin in his first four and two-thirds of his start. The offense was just a disaster. Sean Anderson who the Padres called up uh, for this game was a disaster. And Austin Adams, he pitched two innings, only allowed one, one hit, only walked one guy. So uh, encouraging stuff from him, 26 pitches, 18 strikes. I was still a believer in Austin Adams. The last two months of the year were horrific for him, but we've seen when he's on, he's incredible and he's going to have the off season to get his confidence back and up in him. So we'll see if that ends up happening, but Another really bad game. Hassan Kim had two of the team's five hits. Fernando Tatis Jr. had the home run. Manny Machado had a hit. Webster Rivas had the fifth and final hit. So the catchers for the series actually were pretty good. And considering the uh, the catcher production for the year, uh, you'll definitely take that. And for this game, I, I'm just glad that next year we can watch a Padre game and not have to watch, first of all, Jake Arrieta or Vince Velasquez's pitch for the Padres. They've both just been 
absolutely horrible. I know Arietta's gone, but Velasquez has equally been as horrible for the Padres in the past month, month and a half. But the offense this game was just cold. Padres only got five hits. And like you said, the three runs were all in the home runs. Absolute bomb from Fernando Tatis Jr. And that was awesome to see that leave the stadium for his 42nd of the year. But it's it was just the pitching was not good. This game of Velasquez was awful. Tim Hill literally faced one batter, did fine. But Sean, Sean Anderson threw 16 pitches and allowed three runs, four hits. He did not look good at all. He he had some appearances earlier in the earlier in the year where he showed me something that I really liked. But it was it's been a tough series, obviously overall for the Padres and the pitching in this last game did not look good, along with the offense. It's just been ugly. I don't even think playing Fernando Tatis Jr. is even worth it at this point. Just give him some rest. Let him go back home to the Dominican Republic so that he can be healthy for next year. Uh, he did hit a home run finally, but he had a really rough series. Uh, it just kind of looked like he didn't want to be there. And even when he did hit that home run, he just kind of tossed the bat and just ran. It just doesn't look like he's having fun. And I don't really blame him because losing and losing like how the Potters have lost for the last month and a half is not fun, but it's just been painful to watch the, uh, the Potters enigma just not have any fun at all. Cause we know that when he's having fun, the Potters are at their best, but there hasn't been any of that in the second half of the year. So another loss this wrapped up the season series against the Dodgers. What started out as a seven three start ended at seven and 12 Potters lost nine straight to the Dodgers to end the year after sweeping them in San Diego. Just painful. Uh, they were right there with them for a long time and things just fell apart in the second half, especially after that trade deadline. So uh, frustrating, but it's what happens. Final series, final series of the season. It's going to be against the giants who have something to play for uh, their magic number is two now after winning Sunday after winning Thursday night. So Either they have to win two games, they have to win one game and the Dodgers lose a game, or the Dodgers have to lose two games and they end up winning the division. But if they lose two games and the Dodgers win all three, then the two teams will be tied and they'll play in a game 163, which the Giants don't want. For game one, the Giants will be starting Anthony DiScofani. Game number two, they're starting Kevin Gossman, who the Potters have hit well those last two starts. In game number three, they're starting Logan Webb. So uh, they're going to be throwing out their best guys because they want to win. They don't want to play on that Monday and then play on Wednesday, potentially. They just want to get the division wrapped up and then get ready for the Friday division series start in the National League. So uh, what are the Potters going to have to do against the Giants in these three starting pitchers if they uh, they want to play spoiler? I mean, obviously, it comes down to the to the hitting. I know the pitching has been a huge issue, but going against Discofani, Gossman, and Webb, who have who have all been pitching pretty well recently, it'll be if just for the Padres, they'll just want to finish five hundred. That is obviously the best they can do right now, and not at all in a hating on the Padres kind of way. If they lose this first game, they and then. If they don't win the first game, I will not mind if they lose the last two. If it's a situation where it'll help the Giants, it really depends on how the Dodgers do. But I do not want to see the Dodgers win this division. And if the Padres lose this first game, they're going to be unfinished the season under 500 anyway. Of course, it's nice to win as many games as you can. But if we lose the first one, 500 is out of the picture. 
I don't want to say give the Giants the division. Obviously, the Padres will not just give that away, but would would not mind to see the the Giants win the last two and win the division. I know it's not speaking from a Padres standpoint, from a Padres fan standpoint, but anything to see the Dodgers win the division will make me happy. But Padres will just need to hit. This series will be tough going against these pitchers, but the Giants are going to be fired up at home, and they're going to want to want to win this division. Yeah, they're the Giants. They're going to be highly motivated in this game. And the Padres, the only starting pitcher they have scheduled is Joe Musgrove on Saturday. I don't know where the Padres get innings. I mean, Blake Snell said that he wanted to return. Maybe you bring him back for one start. That seems so counterproductive. But Vince Velasquez just pitched. Chris Paddock's not coming back. You Darvish is on the injured list. I mean, it's it's a complete disaster. I heard Jake Arrieta is available. Yeah. No, he's actually not. He uh, he got DFA'd. But... No, I mean, I mean, I'm available as in not on a roster. Right, yeah. But it's just, what, do the Potters run out another bullpen game? Ryan Weathers just pitched. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Maybe they call up Mackenzie Gore. That would suck, though, because then I'd feel like I have to watch the game. Uh, the uh, The games have been pretty tough to watch as of late. And especially considering other stuff is going on and it's basically midterm week here in Arizona state. Uh, it's been nice to like not feel forced to watch the games, have them on the background and watch them as I'm doing other stuff. But of course, pitching, it's got my full attention. So I don't know what they're going to do. They don't really have a ton of options. Maybe they call up Adrian Martinez, but uh, it's just such a disaster. Yeah. And with all these bullpen games, the Padres have had all year, especially the past month and a half. It's just watching, and then Arietta and Velasquez pitching in for these for this Padres team has been really tough to watch. Obviously, Snell before he got injured was pitching a lot better at, um, for his for his last few starts of the season. Darvish, Musgrove have been picking it up, but we will obviously only see Musgrove this series. But it's. It's been an absolute free fall, and it's just been hard to watch this team, the team that we love, that San Diego loves. It was second in attendance all year, right above, I believe, 2 million fans. But it's just so disappointing that this team that came in with such high, such high, with such high expectations, and they had one of the biggest free falls I've ever seen in baseball, and it was just couldn't hurt more. It's mind-boggling. They've uh, they've dropped down to third place in NL attendance, which I think means that the Braves passed them, which the Braves have been at full capacity for the majority of the season. And they have a much bigger stadium than Petco Park. And then the Dodgers have been number one because they have the biggest stadium in baseball. So the fans, they showed out, they supported the team. And the team for the last month and a half has not really supported them. So uh, it's frustrating, but it's part of baseball. Um, I mean, Potter fans, we've seen the Giants plenty over the last couple of weeks, so we don't really need to dive into that. So you got anything that you want to see from the Padres in this last series? Or, I mean, I guess we can talk about the the draft because that's really all the Potters have to play for at this point. Looking at the standings, and the Potters are 78 and 81 record. They're currently uh, in the middle of the pack when it comes to drafting spot next year. Currently tied with the Indians who would draft in front of the Padres because they had a worse record than the Padres last year. And then after that, the Mets and the Tigers are two games behind. So seems like the Padres and the Indians are going to be battling for a draft spot. But 
that doesn't really mean anything. Potters that have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth pick right now. They can move up to the fourteenth if they do worse than the Cleveland Indians. And the Indians play the Rangers this week, so much easier opponent than the Padres playing the league best Giants. So maybe the Padres end up with that fourteenth pick. And obviously, if they can get one spot higher up, that'd be nice. But I know a record is really just a number, but if we could, I mean, I know we're not going to sweep the San Francisco Giants, but if we do, I just will feel better somehow by looking at our record and saying, hey, we didn't finish under 500. But don't expect that to happen. I expect to finish this season three games or two games under 500. The Padres can even win one game here, but draft it. That'll come up, of course, and I'm excited for that. But it's just this team just so hard to be happy about right now, of course. Yeah, there's literally nothing making me happy about the Potters right now. But uh, it's been most of our of our entire fandom. And the difference is just that we came with expectations this year and we're 17 games above 500 in four and a half games good in a playoff spot on August 10th, but uh, Padres have just fallen apart. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Dallas talking Padres. We thank you all for tuning in. We'll have one more episode recapping the final series, whether it comes out on Sunday or on Monday, Bobby and I were both extremely busy and it's midterms, like we said. So maybe that episode doesn't come out right on time, but it'll come out. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about uh, what we plan on doing for the off season. Uh, it won't be, obviously two uploads per week, like it has been this entire regular season, but we thank you all for tuning in just throughout the regular season and throughout this brutal second half. Uh, make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. So that way you don't miss any episodes over the off season. It's not going to be as uh, regularly timed. So if you're just looking for devil's talking Padres on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, uh, it's not going to be like that. There might be one episode a week. There may only be one episode a month. We'll, we'll see Bobby and I are going to have to talk about that, uh, but make sure to follow us on Twitter. Also, you can find me at DMster19. You can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy 2000. That way you find out the latest of our thoughts about the Padres and what's going on around the league. Make sure to do that. We thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you at the next episode. Bear with us Padres fans.